the hard shoulder. With Nissan. Number one for petrol in Ireland. Number one for electric. Nissan. Innovation that excites. This is News Talk. It's time now for our summer series Wonders of the World with one of Europe's most iconic landmarks, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, which we're going to feature this week. And architectural historian Danielle O'Donovan is back again to tell me the story behind this incredible building. Hi, Danielle. Um, This is, I mean, one of the iconic buildings in the world and people probably go to Pisa just to see the tower. I mean, I don't want to offend the tourism board there, but I think that's the reason a lot of people go, to be honest. I think that's the um, one of the main pe- reasons people go. And even though the whole complex is beautiful, I think the tower just gets so much attention and, and maybe like a fifth of the visitors go to the other things, you know. And I suppose there's nothing more compelling than something looking like it's actually falling down, is there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> now, I've never been, but you have. And I imagine with your job hat on as an architectural historian, this must be a building that fascinates you. Yes, it's completely fascinating. And I have to give credit to the whole site because actually, so the, the Leaning of Tower of Pisa is a campanile, it's a bell tower. And there's also a beautiful uh, cathedral or duomo and a round, bat- a circular uh, plan baptistry and this really stunningly beautiful graveyard called the Campo Santo where apparently lots of the, the earth from it was bought from... Um, from Calvary, you know, so it has a, an amazing story outside the Leaning Tower of Pisa. But, um, and I do love Romanesque architecture, and there are fantastic examples of Romanesque, but really, you have to be interested in, in the Leaning Tower of Pisa if you're there. And um, I suppose the other thing to say is actually, uh, the whole site is sinking. So it's called the Field of Miracles. This is, you know, this beautiful assemblage of buildings and they're all going. But the thing that happened with the Leaning Tower is that the earth underneath it, neath it subsided unevenly. And so that's how it got its amazing lean. Yeah. And, and as I say, I've never been. Can you explain to me why is it leaning? Why is it sinking and for how long? <laughs> well, it's actually kind of a complex story. So they started building it in 1173. Uh, and during the first couple of stories, the danger signs were kind of there because it started to tilt to the north. And so to try and, and get their, their kind of building level right again, uh, they started to try and build the other side higher so that they could make the whole thing level again. So there was a little bit of a tilt to the north. They thought, we can, don't worry, we can fix this. It's a minor thing. Um, there was then a hiatus in the building because actually Pisa feels like a real backwater now when you visit it. It's got a lovely university. It's on the River Arno, but there's not that much going on. But actually when, when all of these building, buildings were being built, Pisa was really important and they had trading posts all over, um, all over Europe. Uh, and they got into a big war. At, uh, just after they'd started building the Leaning Tower. Which and means, to... yeah, I'm assuming that would take precedence over the building. Absolutely. So they got into a big war and work just stopped, OK? So they started building again in 1272, so almost 100 years later. And by this time, and this is where, like, in a project management sense of the word, you should start really having alarm bells because in that hundred years the building had stopped leaning towards the north and had started leaning towards the south (laughs) and it still leans towards the south and again the medieval builders thought we can try and correct this lean so they made the southern side taller than the northern side um, and they'd got a couple of stories completed and then they had to halt again because of another political crisis so as they're kind of in this kind of 
staccato building process, they're already realising they're in trouble. And they call some medieval masons, a kind of, you know, men with folded arms, kind of scratching their chins, looking at the tower in 1292, trying to work out, you know, why it's leaning and how they might fix it. And it's kind of fascinating because... You know, groups of people have stood at that tower scratching their heads and wondering, you know, for hundreds of years since. So, so, so um, at, right at the very start, it was leaning. And then when they finished the building, why didn't it stop leaning then? Why is it continuing to lean? Well, so they, they managed to get it finished. So it was another big halt. And then they finally got the top two stories on in the 1360s. Um, and they were still trying to correct. So as they got that top bit on, which was the where the, the bell chamber was, they tried to angle that a bit as well to the north to try and stop it leaning south. And funny enough, you kind of think about that building process of them stopping every hundred years. It did actually help a bit in the process of, of you know, of keeping the building up, if not stopping it from leaning. Because every time they built... It, it could settle a bit, do you know what I mean? And then mm. they built, it settled a bit. So if they'd have built the whole thing in one go, it just would have fallen over. So this kind of slow process was helpful. But, you know, it's, it's, it started leaning when it was built and it's, it continued to lean the whole time. And I suppose that's the tricky bit because you think once they got it up, they might have thought, well, you know, it's done now, but it's actually been falling over and ever since. Because of all the technology and the building now and, and how that's advanced, why don't they just straighten it? Or is it because it's a tourist attraction or can they not do it? Well, there is sort of a problem because if you think of, you know, when we were talking about it there, they, they adjusted it a bit to the south and then they adjusted it a bit to the north and then they adjusted it a bit more to the north. The building's actually now banana shaped, so they can't ever make it fully straight. And so it's a very gentle job to try and, and fix it. So people started to kind of get concerned, really, really concerned uh, in the 19th century. And I suppose that's the time when people are starting to look at old buildings again. You know, it's when we have all of these great revivals. And in 1829, some English researchers went and they spent months measuring and looking at the tower and they worked out that the, it had an incline of 86.5 centimetres in every metre of a kind of a, a tilt. And then a, a French engineer again made that trip and tried to work out the, the angle of the lean. And, and I suppose that 1829 one is like a baseline and then people kind of measure off that. So uh, by 1859, it had gone 13 more centimetres to the south. Now, in fairness, there had been two earthquakes Quakes. And I read a really interesting account of someone just running up there after an 1847 earthquake because they just assumed it would have fallen down because it's leaning. Mm. Um, and then it's in the 20th century, really, because modern engineering kind of and that that way of monitoring buildings to see yeah. if they're going to, you know, what's happening to them really kicks in. So they got the experts in then in the 20th century just to sort of see what can we do or why is it leaning? What were they able to do? What work did they undertake? Well, there were two sets of experts, really. So in the 1930s, they had their first go at fixing the tower. OK, so um, what they did in the 30s was they thought that water was getting underneath the base of the tower and that was what was making it move. So they took a very, very large drill and they drilled um, in kind of um, outward from the from the foundations of the tower in a circle and then they filled those uh, drill holes with concrete so they thought they were kind of pinning the tower down a little bit. Now I think it probably was helpful in pinning the tower but the drill work actually um, made the tower move 
six times faster than it had before in that one year. So there can be really so serious knock-on effects when you start missing, you know, with an old building. And and I suppose it's it's around 1990 where they just realise they have to do something, because a bell tower in, near the Cathedral of Pavia collapsed, and uh, very shortly afterwards they kind of felt like the Leaning Tower of Pisa was at like a tipping point, if you like. It had become structurally unsound and they needed to do something about it so that 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 men with the with the kind of folded arms came back onto the scene and scratched their heads and try and work out what to do yeah you were there when some of the works were underway in the 90s it was fascinating and it's a a fascinating bit of modern engineering really so they did a couple of different things they they first of all started to try and stabilize the tower so around this what was happening essentially is that because it was leaning so far to the south they were really worried about the southern side of the tower because under such compression that they thought it might just burst out so the first thing they did was they gave the second story of the tower a kind of a girdle uh, a kind of a a, what would you call it Uh, like a corset Mm. so that uh, of, of these kind of tense steel cables so they were stopping it from bursting out and then the next thing they did that the, the tower was sitting on a, a kind of a circle of concrete and they took a thousand tons of lead ingots and they put them on the north side of that circle and they started to try and weight down the tower and I remember seeing that when I was there in, in sort of 1997 or something that that process of trying to weight it down um, and that had actually immediate effects it was really interesting what happened so um between June 1993 and February 1994 they managed to pull the top of the tower southward by 2.5 centimeters Um, And then the next thing they did was that they took that northern side and they put uh, steel, tensile steel, into the ground 50 metres down to try and hold hold the tower from falling any further. (laughs) It it, it does beg the question, uh, is there a point in them trying to straighten it? Because that seems to be the main reason people go to Pisa now, was to look at the leaning tower rather than the straight tower of Pisa. I can imagine all of the tourist authorities in Pisa saying, listen, don't, you know... Go easy, <laughs> don't make it. But actually, it gets more fascinating because what they decided to do was that they kind of under-excavated the north side. So they ended up taking two truckloads of soil out of the north side and then they had these weights on it that were sort of pulling it down. And I think they managed to get it back up by about 38 centimetres straight. But you have to remember that when they started, I should have said this, it was over five metres out. So... When you think about that's a profound lean. So they were they were kind of pulling it back from from the point of despair. Um and the project went really, really well. So that thirty eight centimetres that they managed to get it back by is basically taking it to what it was two hundred years ago. And they measured again in twenty thirteen and they found that the tower was stable, but it's still it's almost like it's it's kind of um it's in a moving phase again. It's t- tending towards going to straight but then they reckon they might it might go another two two point five centimeters straight, and then this is the interesting bit it's going to start leaning again. Oh, good. Okay, very good. Tell me for people like me, for those who are listening who've never been, is it worth going? Yeah. It's a beautiful city and it doesn't have quite the hustle and bustle of somewhere like Florence, you know, where you, you're kind of, there are tourists everywhere. Um, and the whole site is now a World Heritage Site. So not only is the tower hilarious, and I'd love to go back now because I'd love to go up it. When I was there, you, you couldn't go up. So I think that experience of walking along sideways stairs would be amazing. <laughs> okay. um, but there's so much sculpture and things in, in the cathedral, in the graveyard and everything. It's definitely worth a visit. And I have a memory of eating a really good ice 
ice cream there. And also they sell these amazing tacky leaning Tower of Pisa lights that okay. you just... Every, every home should have one. I'm sold. I'm sold. Thank you so much, <laughs> Danielle. As always, fascinating. Thank you, architectural historian Danielle O'Donovan. Back again at next week with another Wonder of the World. Thanks, Danielle. Thank you, Shane.